What's up, everybody? Alternative Blacks Podcast is back. If you have been following us on Instagram, you know we have been going strong with our live series every other Thursday. So if you aren't following us, make sure to check us out at Alternative Blacks Pod. We haven't had an official podcast episode since November of 2021, but don't worry. We have two never-released episodes for you to kick off Season 3 of Alternative Blacks Podcast. The first will be with Broken Chair Brewing Company in West Reading, PA. And the second will be an episode about my experience at Dock Street Brewing Company in Philadelphia. So make sure you're following the show wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure you're following us on Instagram at Alternative Blacks Pod to keep up with what we're doing all year long. We're back. And we're thirstier than ever. Just shanking up some audio. Because <laughs> we don't have one of those fancy yeah, clappers, yeah. clappers yet. I'm too broke. Ready? Yeah. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Back with another episode of the Alternative Blacks podcast. I didn't hesitate. You saw nothing. Okay. You saw nothing, Chris. About to say, were you about to call this the average blacks again? Uh, far from average. <laughs> Uh, we're alternative we're alternative yeah so today we have the privilege of being in dock street south dock street brewery south location which is on washington and 22nd street in the point breeze neighborhood of philadelphia i see what you're about to do there you're about to do that philadelphian thing where you just say it like you're the center of the world so you're not gonna say that you're in philly you're just like yeah, everyone in the world knows where 22nd Washington and Washington yeah. and Point Breeze neighborhood is. Yep, everyone knows. No, There are no other Point Breeze neighborhoods in the world. There's no other 22nd and Washington intersections in the na- in the world. Not Philly is the only one. Yeah, so what's really fun it, it, about this location is I was doing my ancestry and it took one of my, one of my Irish relatives that immigrated over found himself in the Philadelphia area in the dock ward in the old dock ward and that's where they get the namesake for dock street is because in pre-prohibition you know where everything was being made that that was a booming brewery area okay right were, and were they did they start down in that area at all or they was started it just on a- 18th and cherry and I have no clue where that's at but I don't well, think 18- that would be it yeah, I mean, 18th would be We've, closer to the water than and we 22nd, are now, but, but I mean, that's <laughs> the, the, you still haven't crossed yeah. broad, right? Right, so because everybody knows where Philly is and the yep, geographic locations and yep. landmarks, um, <laughs> everyone knows, uh, but then. So I have that's my mom's side of the family, but then my dad obviously being the Washington side of my family. So finding ourselves on Washington Street, I thought was a pretty cool thing give me one second i can't see tyler is blinded here by uh now i think someone was trying to get in but we are closed Closed. yeah the dim lights should be a giveaway but we might get a couple of those people it's a day giveaway Uh, maybe it's maybe it's just because they see people sitting in here yeah the two people no bartenders nothing else clearly clearly we're open wait we Clearly, you're open. Yeah. I, well, I do work here. That That's the fun part, so. And that's what we'll be talking about today, because. Yeah. After we're having this long-winded opening. Yeah. We'll, so, be, we'll be talking about Dock Street a little bit, about your experience in the industry so far, because last time you were with us, 
we were trying to get our hands on some some experience in the industry some insight into the industry uh and now we have some of that insight because tyler has delved into the depths of the industry head first <laughs> head first right into the fire uh but before we talk about any of that beer that's right what are we drinking today why am i asking you <laughs> what are we drinking today tyler <laughs> we are drinking doc streets oktoberfest which is their oktoberfest beer you know uh a lot of times when we hear that sound it means good things follow no a lot of times when we hear oktoberfest we are thinking Marzen, but yes. this time we're looking at a fest beer so i'm not reading off the board or anything but a fest beer is gonna be medium bodied lager fresh uh bread aroma and flavor crisp some word i can't read quenching finish <laughs> chris thirst quenching finish i'm gonna edit this uh, I, I think it's nice. It's a little break uh, from a lot of the other beers that you're going to usually drink in terms of IPAs and everything. And it's just that crispness is exactly yeah. what I want in this season. And a quick word on just this beer style, even one of our, f maybe not a fest beer, but all Oktoberfest in general, specifically a Marzen for myself, one of my favorite styles of beer drink it all year round if i can find it it's just a lot of places don't do it until like the september yeah september uh october and then after after like the beginning of october you're getting into you know your pumpkin beers your autumnal autumnal beers. you will never hear me say i'm looking forward to a sam adams beer unless it's oktoberfest this is true although i will say boston lager does have its place if you're going for something they actually remade the recipe there's a remastered version that's going to be coming out they did a test version in select locations but they remastered it and i've heard it's better than boston lager original wow tyler you have so much insight into the industry however did you get that information well the person that did our logo <laughs> works for <laughs> boston <laughs> beer company now so i get a lot of wonderful insights so now you guys know we are actually industry plants <laughs> yeah this is just a sell i've been told i can't badmouth sam adams anymore <laughs> <laughs> you didn't badmouth them all that much originally right I, I just can't really tell my true opinion on utopias Please, let's hear it. No, I can't. Oh, of course. <laughs> uh, but we're drinking the Doc, Doc Street Oktoberfest. What are your thoughts? Like, you've gotten a couple sips now. How do you feel about it? I feel like it's a lighter-bodied beer than your traditional Oktoberfest. Maybe, le maybe less malt, malt comes through. Uh, it's almost more akin to a Pilsner than a marzen would be or a marzen is kind of a little more slightly darker a little more malty if you will uh this is much lighter much more uh akin to a pilsner which to me feels more like summer feels more like easy drinker versus an oktoberfest is slightly heavier for me and it kind of uh gives off a little bit more of that bready taste than this does uh i enjoy it thoroughly enjoy it because i love pilsners and i love oktoberfest so it's kind of like somewhere in the middle for yeah. me and it's nice we're ending the month because it's the last week of october i believe uh with an oktoberfest so i think it's a perfect beer to just sure start the show off with right um 
yeah i i, I see what you mean with there uh, we did a live last week so the second to last week of october with brandon montgomery he came in on, on his way to i think what la or something like that he was on the train which was just nice of him to jump in like that and one of the things he talked about as being a beer judge and uh what's it cicerone yeah uh was that experience of sitting down with somebody drinking a beer and having two completely different experiences and being able to talk about that i think that's something that we have unknowingly done throughout all these episodes and it, it, it's been fun to go through that journey together. So I'm excited to Aww. yeah, be here. We can start talking about the history behind Dock Street and uh, go from there. Because it opened up in 1985. Yeah, that's nuts to me, actually. So they, they like praise themselves as being one of Philly's, well, shit, one of America's, but Philly's first craft beer. It's an all-grain brewery, uh, brewery. And... 1985 still running to this day that that's a great track record it's a great track record especially um with the likes of yards which is another one of those breweries that's been around for forever and i would have assumed not knowing unknowingly i would assume that yards would have been the oldest like microbrewery i guess yeah i would have failed at some craft beer history and out of philadelphia oh my god how have i not gone to a quizzo like craft like beer trivia why do they have those why aren't there usually when you go to a craft brewery and there's trivia going on it's about anything but the beer yeah i feel like there should be some some beer related trivia sessions at a brewery Mm, maybe we can start in our brewery yeah seriously when we have a brewery (laughs) which is the whole reason We'll, we'll get to that point later where why i'm uh working here to the, uh, right now, but so 1985, they open up. It's a it's a couple. It, it, they're they're married. It's Rosemary, and I actually don't know her ex husband's name. Uh, they open up the brewery, and for a little foreshadowing there. Yes, yeah. They open up the brewery, and everything's going well for a while. And they actually decide to sell it at one point, and they they sell the brewing company to somebody else and the story goes that it just wasn't doing as well as when they first originally opened it distribution used to be a lot better prior and then just things started to to go backwards really and mm-hmm. uh at that point i think rosemary went through a divorce don't quote me on any of this i'm doing this all off the top of my head went through a divorce whatever decided to buy back the company herself and she got remarried um and and she got remarried to an architect and I think had a lot to do with what happened in terms of the space because the space is fucking amazing. I love this place. It really is. Um, but they open up, they get another location. Their original location was 18th and Cherry. Now their main location is in West Philly on Baltimore Ave and their South Street location more South Philly location is what we have said earlier. Slightly north of South Street, right? Yes. But they were known to have some really experimental bra- uh, brains. <laughs> really experimental brains. Beers. Yes. They, they did a... Um, well, it takes experimental brains to have experimental beers. That's right. So. They had a craft beer. Uh, they had a beer that was like a Walking Dead themed beer, but it had goat, goat brains in it. Like right. actual... Yes. Then they had no. a they had a Wu Tang Clan beer, 
where they uh, like part of the process is you depending on the type of beer is you actually need to move the barrel around or something to like help move stuff around it's a certain beer i went on a tour that's how i got this job (laughs) um but something needs to happen obviously i haven't learned enough as we are learning about beer to explain what it was but essentially over that time period what they did was just blast wu-tang clan they got some speakers up to the barrel and just blasted wu-tang clan at it and they actually for the release party rizza no, it wasn't Rizzo. It was Inspected Deck came out. Really? Yeah. Really? So one day, there's a phone call. It's Wu-Tang Clan's lawyers. And they're like, because <laughs> they've been reaching out trying to get people here. And they're like, hey, we heard what you are uh, doing. And this is a cease and desist. <laughs> and so the person takes the phone. They're like, fuck. What are we gonna like? What are we gonna do? And then they pick up the phone. They go, "Hello," and they're just like, "Are you still there?" Like, "Yes, we're still there." And just like, "We're joking. We love this. Uh, we'll be out." Like, and they inspected the deck came out. Wow. They DJed it. And if you go to the West uh, location, there's a signature from inspected deck. We gotta go. Yeah, there used to be. Oh yeah, there it is. There's there the, it is. The I, I noticed that earlier, and I was like, "Huh?" But I never. I questioned it, and I was like, "I never bothered to ask." And so it's one of those beers that when I looked at it originally, it became that question of when we did our first episode and we walked into Mary's and we realized no breweries black, like black owned. And then there's all these black images, but there is no like black ownership behind it. Right. And so like, that's what we saw here. I walked in, I saw the Wu-Tang Clan thing and I felt some type of way about it. Then I went on the tour and they told that story and I was just like, Okay, it still didn't get permission ahead of time, yeah. but at least they made that effort. They reached out and everything, and I'm not saying that's a, the best way to go about it. It's not it, the worst thing. Exactly. It's not the best thing, but it's not the not best thing either. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, they had some very experimental uh, things happening here. I think when they reopened the... Their mom was very much behind. Uh, no, the the son. I think it was Sasha. He he was brewing, doing some pizzas as well, and they moved away from that. And they have a different brewery, uh, brewer. But that's to say as well. I am sorry for everyone listening to this shit because <laughs> I'm trying to do this all off the dome based off of like one or two like iterations of hearing this. Um, should have went on the uh, tour longer. Yeah, seriously, we're not Just going ten, drink as ten much. different ten right. different tours. But um, the owners never brewed. There's always somebody okay. else brewing. So, and I think they were having. Originally, it wasn't brewed on site. Like someone else was doing the brewing, and it was then distributed, and that's why they had a like a much larger reach. And then okay. when the ownership changed, I think they started doing more in-house stuff. And then that's why distribution became a little harder. And then they just kept doing that when they got back. Okay. Don't quote me. Sound sounds legit to me. Yeah. Originally, we were supposed to have more people on the show. <laughs> hey, don't tell them the secret. Yeah. They're, they're, they'll be here any moment. Yeah. Exactly. Hello. Hello. Uh, hello. 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 <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> um, but it, it's still nice to be here having these conversations. Uh, w- we're looking to have more conversations with industry people. And that was the whole point of me getting into 
the industry as well to, to gain some experience and get some insight on what it's like to work at a brewery. Absolutely. So then, Tyler, how is it to work at a brewery? <laughs> so I got in on the ground floor, essentially, which would be very uh, low level type of shit. I'm food running. Food running, grabbing glasses, busing, this sort of thing. Yeah. Busing, bar back. Yeah. A lot of things. Right. Uh, which is fun. It, it, it's rewarding. I'm getting to know a lot about like the business end of things and how operations right. go from day to day. Right. Um, seeing how management manages. <laughs> how do they manage to manage? Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's also interesting to see not how much free beer is given out. I'm not going to say they're like we're giving away free beer here, but it, that that's always been my something of interest, especially when you're yeah, selling something. Cause I like, agree. You, I you agree. You go to a brewery, they give you a free beer every once in a while, yeah. right? I definitely agree with that. I, I've thought about it too. It's like, okay, how does that happen? Is it more of a, you know, we're selling it at this price, we're making this amount of profit on it. Is it something where we go, you know, as long as it's within a certain amount, a margin, we're okay. Is it, you know, what what it what is what does that look like? Because you think about you know, food like with food like food costs, you know, and you're giving away free food or you're, you know, you're losing food somewhere. You know, how much is that going to affect your bottom line to have to give people say like a shift meal, yeah, or something of that nature, right? And that's, of course, my my like adjacent experience to like restaurant, how a restaurant works in in terms of, you know, does this restaurant allow you to have a shift meal? You know, is it is it one you have to pay for? Or is it, you know, like for a lot of times with a smaller business, it's like, OK, you can have the certain things as are free. But if you want to pay, say, for meat. You have to pay for the meat for the dish, or you have to pay for the meat of mm. the dish, so it's at a, at a discounted cost. But I've seen that where it's you know it's just a much smaller business where you're already struggling to hit that bottom line. You're still trying to get you know your workers a meal, but you can't afford if you can't afford like meat prices or something like that. So they do it that way. And I always kind of wondered with beer, how does that work? Something something like that. Right. And so as far as I have seen, the bookkeeper hasn't like said anything to ownership or man- management yet to a point where they're coming in. It's like, all right, guys, you we got to tone this down a little bit. here. Right. So these taps are flowing a little free right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that, that's always the interesting part, you know, going from changing a keg at a frat party <laughs> to like changing the keg here isn't much different, but it <laughs> Is this is this is this what we're doing? Yep. We're doing. I, I think the difference is like you're not carrying this up a bunch of stairs anymore. Like you're not doing anything, and then trying to drink it immediately too, right? Where like as soon as you put it on, and like all the stupid stuff that used to happen to kegs when you were in college that was happening. Oh yeah, oh was, yeah, totally. I, yeah, I I was expecting that like one or two times when I went to like change the kegs here. Uh, I was expecting just like it to like burst out and one of my coworkers actually did have one that like i'm sure it happens it it has to but but for the most part it's interesting to go back into the walk-in to like change that keg to see like the different contraptions that work and it's pretty simple i um but once again it's 
this is how it's supposed to be taken care of. Right. Right. It's not one of those things where I'm going to go out and buy this keg. And then technically there's like things you should do so that it's working properly so that you're getting the beer flowing properly and you're not just getting foam. Right. Because what's different was from doing it like a party to doing it here is you used to put like the keg handle on, drop that, and then you had a little nozzle and then you were doing it. It was all foam for the first hour. And why is that? I don't know, but like this, it feeds up to a system which has a little aerator like mm-hmm. nozzle thing where you have to, you un like before you change it, you unloosen it or whatever, and it drops back in and you put it back in, you hit the button, and it pushes it through a couple times, and then the beer flows steadily after it gets sent back out. But there is no extra process when you do it by yourself. You just do, do, do. Yeah, I think I think a lot of it has to do with the pressurization mm-hmm. of the system. I think a lot of it has to do with the way that kegs are stored and handled at a brewery versus you think think about the journey that a keg that you buy at a distributor goes through just to get there. Just the the ranges in temperature, all of all of the jostling around to get it on a truck. The truck drop, like no, the ride out to the place, throw it in the back, then someone buys it and they're, you know, they wheel it out to the car and then it goes home and it's like, mm-hmm. and then they get there and it's probably warm already at that point. It's just sitting there warm and then you go to, you go, you know, it's like take take a beer off the shelf that's warm, shake it up and pop pop it open. You, what do you expect to happen, right? Right. And I think that's, I knew the beer wasn't as cold, but I didn't realize how warm this beer was. Because it, it, was, it was shitty it beer was, to begin yeah, with. It was, it was already terrible. Right. And now it's just like, oh, well, what is your cooling system? Oh, you put two ice bags on the top of the... <laughs> Amazing. That, that, that'll do it. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm in the bag trying to change a keg, and it's like this huge thing that I have to move, yeah. and I'm back there going... Well... Just think about this now that we've brewed our first beer. That's right. One gallon worth it 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 necessitated about twenty pounds of ice, right, to cool one gallon of beer of wort, I guess. Was it twenty? I believe it was two ten pound bags that they that they specified that you use. Now whether you use it all actually ten pounds? I believe it was either 10 or 20 pounds of ice. I think it was 10 pounds. Okay, so imagine it's just 10 pounds of ice. <laughs> For one gallon of beer, how much does a keg hold? That's a great question. Should we Google it? More than... <laughs> More than six bottles. Yes. <laughs> More than six bottles worth. Bottles worth. Bottles worth. That's like a Jesus, good name. Jesus I, shuttles I, with. Yeah, yeah, I, let's let's I want- make he got... He got game, but it's he got grain, and it's a, wow. about beer, and we'll have Jesus bottles worth. <laughs> Jesus bottles worth. <laughs> Jesus bottles worth. Mm. Mm, indeed. So I forgot to ask. Like we we derailed from the history. Uh, it's pretty much over uh, of Dock Street, but we never gave a rating. Like, what would you rate? This uh, Oktoberfest. What would I rate this? Um. Ooh, this is this is tough. Uh, I. I think I might go. 
a three seven five mm-hmm. to a four for myself. Um, it, it maybe it's just me. Maybe I haven't had enough fest beers, the newer age version. But to me, it doesn't it doesn't hit quite like a Oktoberfest should. It's it's a little more on the Pilsner side, which is kind of has its place, but it's not Oktoberfest's place okay, for me. So, so three five to three five to four. So I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna land at a three seventy five. So the only time I've checked this in apparently was back in 2017. 2017. September 29th, 2017. Where? Canal Street. Really? <laughs> those guys are the those guys are so awesome. And I did not like it that much back then. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you rate it? Oh, I gave it a two point two five. You see, you see how ridiculously harsh you are with your ratings. Because I really enjoy this one now. Like this is one of my favorite beers out of here. Uh, I love their Prince Michigan. I love their uh, Stitcher Hoods. Amazing. This is a pretty good one. I like their rye. I like their bow. Yeah, I I think drinking with you a little more deliberately and not like over the shoulder looking at what we're rating, but actually having a conversation about what we rated and why we rated it that way, I, I've eased up a lot. Yeah, uh, well, well, at the same time, I think I might have gotten myself a little more harsh. Mm-hmm. I think we've kind of, we're regressing to the mean because... You'd be down at like a two or something, something crazy. And I'm just like, two, really? Then when we think about it, it's just like, okay, like, what is your barometer for average? And my barometer for average is higher than yours. So I'm going to rate beers higher than yours naturally because I'm thinking, oh, if this is average, I'm here at a high three to a four, meaning this beer is pretty damn good. I'd go back to it. Right. And you're more like, well, three and a half. To, or two and a half is technically halfway, so that should be average, right? It's kind of how you. That's how I used to do it. So like, about it, but it's I, like this is a little below average at first. Apparently, it's kind of crazy to to rate a beer like. Say you didn't like it. It's like ah, this beer is slightly below average. It's not my favorite. It's not horrible. And you go on and you give it a two out of five. I am just so happy. I'm so happy that like we're able to do it in these like quarter increment, quarter increments. And that's what we used to not be. Because I was at Felino Estate doing a wine tasting, and they have that little scorecard. It's all based off of fives. And yeah. I had based something off of like a two. Like I was like, okay, this is a two. And then I had something that I gave it a three. And then I had something that I didn't hate, but I liked it less than that one. I was like, well, I have to give this a two. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it is nice to have the quarter increments because then you can really start to differentiate. But originally, it was just the half increments. And even that sometimes is kind of like, that's a lot. Right. So, we're at Dock Street. What? Because I've been able to, like, work here, get to know a little bit, at least about this, like, South Street location and see how things run. What questions? Because we've never really had too much conversation about working here. Like, yeah. Uh, I think the first question is pretty much what does the workforce look like? 
All right, so th this is the interesting, like front of house. I I'm thinking like bartender, like anybody, anyone that's gonna check you in, like take your order, all of that kind of stuff. Light went on in the kitchen. Ooh, is someone here? I know. Shh, be quiet. Hello. Hello, 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 hello. Hey, what are you guys doing here? <laughs> um, Drinking. Yeah, seriously. That that's not quite as diverse yet. There are some racially ambiguous people. Uh, I don't go into that questioning a lot of like, hey, like What are you? You, you don't look fully white. You're a little tan. <laughs> what are you, Italian? Um <laughs> not gonna do it. I hope they're listening to this too. I'm like, yeah. Tyler, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> um I I will say they're the best representation that I see here is women. Like, and okay. it's a woman-owned brewing company, you know, which is awesome. Because uh, that's part of when we talk about underrepresented individuals within the space. That's definitely one. And I think that's where they do really, like, what they do really well is having a lot of, like, managers are women, you know, ownership's women, a lot of the, like, upper management team, all women. So, like, I think okay. that's pretty cool. When okay. I see, like, those big meetings happening here, it's just, like maybe a guy or two and then everybody else is a woman i was just like this is awesome um that's positive yeah kitchen staff like pizza the pizza guys again not sure there is a language barrier there <laughs> um but usually latinx you know like i i'm believing mexican uh just from different like words that i've heard used you know just based off of like what you know we went to like reading so like yeah what we used to hear in the hallway based off of you know different slang that everybody had um i'm trying to think if there's anybody else that's black like there's pj who basically does everything in the back he's dope um he's black but i don't know if there's anybody else there used to be a bartender i think that was black I'm pretty sure every time I see PJ, like it's every time I see a black person, I think it's been PJ. Um, but on the other hand of that, there is a real good diversity of people coming in. Like I, I will say there, there are many days here that like, I don't at least see a like handful of like black people come in, which is cool. Like I like that. Um, definitely like one of those different interactions as I'm running around like bussing things where I'll get that like head nod of like acknowledgement even if I don't ever see their table like one of the first times I see them I get that like little nod which is cool and that's like that experience that we talk about a lot of times like what does it feel like to walk in and actually actually see be seen but not be like August. eyeball yeah, yeah exactly what are they doing there right um, so that's been cool. I like there's been some Jehovah's Witnesses that have like been in here, um, which I thought that was really cool. Like the, the, the old like black auntie, yeah. like and had like some really cool conversation with them because she was coming in the door. I, I was having good conversation with them anyway, but they were coming in the door and she was, I got to talk to them. The last bartender, she poured it. There was no head. Like there was no, there was no foam. This, this has foam. I'm looking at it. It's like a good amount of foam. Like it, not like not a milk the, pour. The I mean, it's like it's the perfect amount. And I'm just like, no, no, like that's, that's a good sign. Like yeah, that, that's, that's a good, good pour. Like that's, that's a, it's gonna be a slightly different flavor, but it's the flavor that you like are supposed to experience 
in your beard and it should last about the amount of time that it's been in there so don't you don't you don't have to go in and say anything but it was cool to have that ex- like exchange and that experience and having that knowledge to to share with someone who didn't obviously have that knowledge about beer because you know they were and how was that experience was it a good conversation yeah yeah because they they trusted me like that's i think that's also the difference of like if they would have went up to the bar and said that yeah. i don't know what that trust level would have looked like but i was out there having those conversations with them sitting down talking and like getting to know that they are hennessy drinkers you know <laughs> what <laughs> Talking about some other stuff with them, what they used to drink. Like, they're from this neighborhood. So, like, we were talking about this new development that's happening out on Washington Street and seeing all these different things. So, I got to hear, like, they knew this place from being, like, a tile factory and, like, other, like, a cat. Like, they used to repair cabs in here as well. Uh Like, they knew the history of the neighborhood. And I think that's the cool element. And that's something that uh, I've been looking to get from them. Like, from working here and talking to people. But there aren't many people that hear, oh, yeah, I've been here for 20 years, <laughs> you know? Right, right. And I think that's, we've had many conversations about the red flags of breweries popping up and just watching that happen. Washing that, no, I don't know. I was trying to, I was, yeah, I was I trying. Was, <laughs> I was sure you saw the gears turning. Didn't happen. Okay. So, so I guess there seems to be some positives here in terms of the demographic. You have women, women owned, um, women managed for primarily women managed. And, uh, that's a fantastic yeah, sign. Because management are women. Like any, anyone that I refer yeah. to is, yeah. While that's not, while that's not the community that we represent, uh, it is one of the many underserved mm-hmm. or underrepresented communities in craft beer industry. So that's a positive sign. Um, you make up, it seems, a large amount of the diversity here. When well, when we're talking about like blackness, yes, yes. yeah, hundred percent. So then, I guess my next question would kind of be, what is the 50. work environment like? Not just mm-hmm. what not not just what's the demographic of the people, but what's the actual environment like? It is pretty easygoing. I would I would have to say that as a whole. <laughs> That phrase always gets me. Easy going. Uh, well, as a whole. Oh, as a whole. <laughs> um, very flexible. You know, as long as I get my request out there for needing off in a reasonable time, there's hasn't been an issue there. I've, I've covered a couple shifts. And the one, uh, I wasn't going to be able to make it there for an hour or so. And I was able, like, that, that was able to be, like, taken care of. Where so-and-so was supposed to have a shift. I was able to cover the majority of the shift, but not the whole shift. Um, was the line of communication about how that was all going to be managed, like completely clear and taken care of? No, uh, I would have. I I took a lot of the extra steps to ensure that everything was going to be okay, and that I wasn't going to get a walk like walk in and be like yelled at for like where were you for the past hour? Yeah. Um, but it it was fine, and like it all worked out. Uh, training was like two days <laughs> like here's a opening shift here's a closing shift all right do it uh, <laughs> but like i, I picked Get up on to that work <laughs> yeah i picked up pretty well on that i have a lot of fun here I, I like the people i work with very much um it's not to say that like people don't butt heads especially when things get busy you know but that's just like 
That's you, life. You brush it off your shoulder, like, oh, this isn't directed at me. This is just the situation. So I, I think that's good. We, we pretty much have free reign of whatever we want to put on the TV. So I think that's cool. So whenever I get a chance, I put on something black. Because, um, like, we sell pizzas here. So, like, the first day that I got a chance to do it, I put on Do the Right Thing, right? There you go. Right. I, I just thought it was funny but uh, i thought i was like oh this would be cool to like put on stuff like we've watched blade like we we've had a very interesting gerald he's a movie buff casey's a movie buff like we have a lot of movie buffs in here so like they they put on a lot of diverse stuff uh which i think is is nice like you you get to see a lot of different genres explored and a lot of conversations be had around it and Nice. That opens up the conversations for the the people that are at the bar as well because they kind of get to dictate what gets put on too. But right, it's fun. You you come out here, you get distracted by the TV for a little bit, and then you go back to doing your job. <laughs> okay, so I guess my next question then would be, you know, you've worked in in this brewery now for has it been two months already? It feels like it. Uh, what is one thing that you would say is most surprising about what you've seen so far? Ooh, that's a great question. Uh, it's fun to be on this side of the, the table right now, <laughs> being uh, interviewed, essentially. Um, wow, what is the most surprising? Huh, gotcha. Yeah. I, I thought there was going to be crazier, like, times in terms of... Uh, volume sometimes I, I thought I was just gonna like die after my first shift like I thought I wasn't gonna be able to handle it just like unmanageable um, amounts of business like in rushes like right and I thought it was gonna be so two hours yeah I thought or, it was gonna be so inexperienced it's just like yeah. get out of here uh but everyone's been really warm and open it like welcoming uh some people don't like beer like that that's been funny like to to see and witness. people who work here don't yeah like yeah it's just like I think there's a lot of things that because of wanting to own a brewery and coming into this knowing I want to own a brewery, like I am picking up on like, ooh, like as being this level of a worker, like how do I like being managed? We had this conversation off mic and we compared it to parenting. And, you know, your parents are giving a version of how they were raised, but they're taking the things they like and using those and the things that they didn't like and changing that. And I think that's what I am experiencing in the present. Okay, so you, you obviously you're experiencing the front of the house right now more so. Um, have you been able to get a sneak peek of the actual brewing process? I went on that tour. Yeah. Other other than going back and looking at, ooh, there's big shiny vats back exactly. here. Exactly. Um, not as much. You know, one of the bartenders helps with canning from time to time. And so he, he's had a lot more conversations with them about the different processes. And the, bar, the, the brewer sometimes will sit at the bar and talk with us through you know, the different beers. Uh, so that's usually like, that. that's very informative. And he actually had a chance to sample the beer that I made and talk, talk me through what I was experiencing. Okay. So then fun. what, what did he think of our beer or pretty, your beer, I yeah. guess? Cause our, we've had our beers now and they're slightly different. They're slightly different. And he was able to identify some different things based off of just like, 
it opened up and I was like, okay, at least it's carbonated, right? And I even think about like I was like, oh, this is a nice sound, but I didn't yeah. think about like how oh, things could have been very wrong if I never heard anything. I didn't even like it didn't dawn on me. Which is funny because for me, I was like, I was terrified. terrified that when I opened up my first beer, that it was gonna just you open up and it goes, and that's it. Right. <laughs> and I was like, shit. But no. That first sound of like that pressure relief, I'm like, okay, cool, something's going on here. We at least got that taken care of. Yeah. Uh, then it was like, you, you know, it's. It was a little more clear than it looks now when we had it today. Uh, so it was, he was like, you know, it's a clean beer. You know, you, like there's no, there's nothing sitting in it. All that like little trub at the bottom, like didn't get into the, the different batches. And I thought that was going to be the thing for me. I was really concerned i was just gonna have a bunch of shit yeah and what's i guess what was nice about the the fermenter that we have is obviously the the spigot is up high enough on which i thought was like i'm looking at this presumptuously like oh this is a fucking design flaw how am i gonna get all the beer out of here it's like oh yeah not you don't want to pull everything out of your beer yeah um it, like, it was just interesting to watch just being a more seasoned beer consumer just talk about like oh you know it definitely seems like this is probably a two row versus like what six row like the malts and like all like the different yeah, yeah yeah and yeah. just being able to identify that stuff and the questions that were asked weren't things that I knew like were, were things I could have known but I just didn't know like what information to retain you, you didn't know that you needed to know some things right and I think looking at those uh, labels that they shipped with it which we didn't utilize right was just like oh all that information would have been on here if we would have like utilized it the the right way but I think I might get yeah. Amy to make a different version so our branding's on it oh yeah and also I think another another thing about that would be you know we've done a batch it's it was a a pre-made recipe kit right and we're gonna do that the first at least the first couple times you know at least the first three four maybe five times um or maybe even for each distinct style that we try do a recipe kit first Mm -hmm. uh but you know i think going through for me personally in terms of the brewing process um to get tangential really fast would be you know what does how do you how do you know this without testing a finished product? How do you know what the ABV is without without uh, testing a finished product? How do you know what the IBUs are? Can you taste you can taste the IBUs because that's the whole point of IBUs, right? But what does that mean scientifically? There has to be a barometer to that, right? I mean, there has to be. Yeah, and I think and that's something as we continue on, it's going to be like what we're able to start identifying. Like, absolutely. We're going to be able to be like, all right, you know, this, maybe we'll get better at doing it with other beers, but we know now, like, okay, this is supposed to be brewed at like a 95 IBU, so it's supposed to be like more bitter, right? Right. Is this actually, and I think that's what we can start like looking for, is like, okay, we know from the kit it's supposed to be this bitterness unit let's get a beer to compare it with that actually got brewed to that, like that they put out like that right? and see if we're able to like, Oh yeah, this get is as bitter as that yeah. one. And it's, and it's one of those things where I, I, I do believe there's once again, brewing, brewing is both like a science and an art form 100%. in the sense that, you know, you, there is science to it, but 
those small distinct differences that make this beer worlds better than this other beer that might be almost a similar recipe it all has to do with the the craft of it it has to do with the tactfulness that you do things you're doing things at this temperature and right we're gonna take it off a little sooner because i know how my system works or how i work right and i'm i'm uh before we get into this beer, I had a question. I lost it when I looked over there. Um, <laughs> fuck. You're supposed to look up and to your left, I thought, to, <laughs> to think. Not to your right. Isn't that what it is? JD? I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, is it steak night? Fuck. Oh, my God. I had <laughs> a good question. It was going to be perfect. I, I thought it was a great transition into... You know, While you're thinking of that question, though, I'm just going to talk quickly about the bitterness, the IBU thing, because I do believe that it has to do a lot with the alpha... Acids. Acids, yes. So the I know the alpha acids are all... some. Are be, we talking hops about have, this because it's alpha... Continue. So the alpha acids, right? The higher the alpha acid, the more bitter the beer the beer is going to be. So if you have a, a hop that's high in alpha, then you would have a bitter. So that's what you would use as your bittering hops. Those right. are the ones you put in early as your bittering drop. Those cook. Those cook, and as they cook, those acids are released and create the bitter. Right. And then later on you put the beta, in like aromas. Yeah, the beta is going to be your aroma. And you put that in at the end so that you get more of the beta out of it versus the alpha out of it because those betas break down quickly. The alpha doesn't. So, and then you have your noble hops, which can do both. So noble of them. Yeah, so noble of them. Uh, but I, I believe from my limited thought process people that know are going to be like well yeah duh or no that's completely wrong right but i'm like well okay so you know i want to put this amount of hops in to get this ibu it this amount of grams of hops at this alpha s it will get me this many ibus i believe that's kind of how it works okay. and i put it in here at this point in the boil that will get me all of this all of these ibus i that could be it. We'll find hmm. out as we do more research. Seriously. So as we're opening up Manful of Trouble, which is going to be their porter. Um, well, that was badass, actually. Right? <laughs> it's going to be their porter. Uh, I, I think it was the science and the art behind it conversation that was being had. I think what's been fun about having the conversation about our experiences with it is even being able to see now without ever having been in the same place while it's happening where our strength and weaknesses might lie because I, I think through our text having conversations about the like what do we need next everything i think you have that understood a lot better than i do and i'm just like pulling the trigger before i need to pull a trigger on something i'm like i got a five gallon carboy and i was like well we might need a like seven gallon and i'm just like well, what do I do with but this? I, I have the five gallon. <laughs> It'll work. It'll be fine. Right. Everything's fine. But when we were talking about how we boiled the like the the grains of uh, yeah, initially, when we were creating our wort. Right. Um, I I think this is the art element of it, where it's just like 
I think instinctively mine were like less cooked than yours. Right. And that and created I, a little yeah. bit of a different flavor. I think once again, we, we discussed that our beers were different and I believe the big difference for us was I forgot hops. You forgot hops because you were being artistic and I forgot. you just call me autistic? <laughs> art. Art. Art thou autistic. Art, th- art thou art thou autistic. Um, you were being artistic and, and I was being, so you, you forgot things because you were kind of being a little more free flowy about how you were doing it versus it said boil these things. So I was like, okay, a boil means this. And I'm going to get it to that temperature, I, and that's what I'm boiling. I at. haven't gotten like the video out yet, but I recorded my whole process, and there was a point where I was just like, "Okay, it's a boil. boil. Does it mean ro- like yeah, roaring? Rolling? Like, yeah. like, like, rolling, or does it mean a soft bo- a soft boil, or like, you know, like a light a lighter like, boil, whatever? It's I good. see bubbles. Let's go for it. Yeah, versus me, where I'm like, okay, what does boil mean? Okay, boil must mean rolling boil because that's an actual boil by definition. Therefore, I am going to wait until there's literal action going on right, everywhere on the like, surface. It's not just like sim, like you know, it's not just yeah. slightly moving. It's got to be like a oh, violent boil. So it turns out that my all of my ingredients got cooked out far more than yours. And I believe my malt came through, through a little stronger, way stronger yeah. to me. And as far as what the, as far as what the, uh, what the beer was supposed to be, it was supposed to be a session IPA, which is on the lighter side. And I looked up session because I never thought to think, well, what does session IPA really mean? And I always think about that. And I just never I looked, took the time. I looked it up because I was asked. So a session IPA means an IPA that is a session anything means it's low ABV and it was basically called it's basically called a session because back in the day workers were allowed a shift like a beer every four hours or something like there was a four-hour window where they were allowed to drink um, during their work day Mm. or something and so that time that frame of time was called session so they would make the beer closer to like you know like your table beer that's five percent or less, really low ABV because they don't want people drunk. Right, it would working. be like your like your uh, yeah, your, like your farmhouse sessions, mm-hmm. like like because right. The so that's you had the farmhouse yeah. because like you were using like some of the stuff that was happening there as well, yeah. and that's why you get so those the, earlier yeah. stuff. But and this so this beer would be specifically if it's session, it's just a beer specifically brewed to be a little. Who are less you ABV. talking to? I don't know. I'm just like <laughs> you look this way. I'm <laughs> <and> like <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. It's I'm, like, a, it's like it's the opposite of breaking the fourth wall. I'm just like going completely a wall. The first one. <laughs> I broke the first wall. <laughs> you broke the a wall. I broke the a wall. <laughs> oh ah, man, that was funny as shit. So uh, yeah, so that's what session means. So that's what we were brewing. It was supposed to be, I believe, it was supposed to be five or six percent. Um, if done exactly to how it was supposed to be done, the nature of it, I feel like you hit the spirit of the beer more than I did. And I don't think either of us knocked it out of the park or got it right because we look at the picture online and it's so much brighter. Than it's what so we did. much brighter, and 
once again, I kind of feel like I think we both cooked it harder than we should have. Yeah, you might have cooked it longer, and I might have cooked it harder and longer. <laughs> All that being said, if there wasn't a thing to go off of, I believe they were two decent beers. Like I would drink that beer. I drink that beer. Yeah, I, actually, I would. I have like almost everyone that I made try it. I drank it with them. Yeah, I I. Uh, and and that's another difference as well when we're discussing this because you came out with six to seven bottles seven was it? bottles, seven bottles yeah. and I I yielded eight bottles. The seventh bottle I thought was going to be shit, and that was the first one I tried, and I was like, "Oh my god, I love this!" Yeah, and, and so that's another question I had for you in in this discussion was how have your beers been were they different at all each time you've had them has it all been consistently the same i think it's gotten cloudier um every beer i think it gets a little less clear which is interesting i don't know the like process behind all of that completely right now uh initially i had put it in my fridge and i think i put them in on their side and so mm. there was residue Mm-hmm. When it was on its side, and I was like, "Oh my god, these are gonna all be shit." And opened in the first one, I was like, "Holy shit, this is great!" So, <laughs> I I think that's why I prefer cans. I think I like the glass fermenter, but I think I would prefer to get to a point where we can can stuff because then I don't see that stuff. Yeah. Um, now, my experience. So, did you throw all of your beers into the fridge? like the moment you were allowed to yes okay so that's another big difference i was being extremely scientific with this one where i was like i will put this beer in the fridge and i will try this beer knowing that you know you can hold the conditioning step the priming an, an extra sugar week. an extra week i want to see how each of these beers taste individually i will put them in the fridge as i want to drink them and so I I don't know if it was a situation where my palate was screwed up originally on that first try, but that first try for me, it was so much grain mm. and, yeah, you were and malt taste, like so much. And like the, there was a small amount of bitterness at the end. I could get the hops like right at the end and that hmm. was it. But these ones that the one we tried together and the two that I've had since way better yeah way more cohesive um but once again i think i think we both i think we both did a a, a decent job for our I very first i was very time. proud of everything for it being our first time um we're wrapping up the episode i and it's stock street so we opened up one more beer let's talk about this beer and close out the episode yeah absolutely um what we have here is man full of trouble it's a porter and it has a 2017 bronze medal. Oh, if I, think I can got see, another bronze medal for this. We have another bronze medal. American from the American Beer Festival. So it, does this this particular beer has another bronze medal? I think so. Or I think it's like three three time bronze medal. Three times since 2017, then. No, uh, or that maybe, was might have been the third time. Or you'll see a poster when we leave. There's a two time poster, but then I think like someone was wearing the bronze medal okay. the other day, and I think it's well, like the third time. Well, well, hell, this is a damn good beer yeah. and it's one i love the artwork and i think you had mentioned the artwork earlier mm-hmm. um it's just kind of like a sailor dealing with like a kraken and there's like a raven on it and it's 
and there's a monkey too like what the hell is there's going a on? lot going on i the more i look at it the more i'm like what is going on this is this is why i don't go out out to sea yeah, seriously. Because he's not even far from sea. There's see, a lighthouse right seriously. there. Seriously. Did, did you really just... Did I you tried. seriously just... Um, yeah, so it says on the side, 5.2, 30 IBU, a liquid knot, the only pre-revolutionary tavern still standing in the city of brotherly love, man full of trouble, was one of colonial Philadelphia's first watering holes. This London Porter-style ale brewed with old world in mind, black and chocolate malts, created in deep mahogany appearances and creamy espresso-like flavor, which really does stand out. A blend of English hops lends a delicate earthy presence. I think it's fantastic. Yes, and of course, I always appreciate the use of the word mahogany. Mahogany. So what would you rate this before we close out? This this is a four plus for me. Like, yeah. off, off rip. Off rip. Uh, it's not particularly cold, which is also kind of like a cool thing because yeah, once again, like these, these traditional, you know, English style beers are kind of more meant to be had at room temperature. So it's actually kind of at the perfect temperature. Yeah. The espresso, the espresso, like beautiful, all about the roastiness of, of, of the, uh, of the hop, the hops. The malt, the malt, because there is there are hops in it. Though. Yes, but obviously, and it's one of those things where I used to be super seasonal, and you know I can only have a porter in the winter time, mm-hmm. and I can only have an IPA, IPAs in general all year round, but certain types of IPAs, summer, summer. Um, wheat beers, summer thing. I would never want anything like that when it was cold. So things things of that nature. And I'm not that anymore, but every time I have one, it kind of brings me back. It reminds me of a time of year. Yeah. Especially when it's a good beer. And that's what this one does for me where, excuse me, that's what this one does for me. And I think good, good styles kind of bring me back to a particular time of the year. And this one kind of just, I feel like I'm sitting in a room in like the winter time. I, I imagine up, being at like Hidden River and just like in that like okay, den area where it just it, it's cozy. It's cozy, and we somehow are never there when it's warm. It's always when it's freezing, getting cold. Um, I will have to say this about this beer: I've never had it at this temperature. Doesn't and I it think help? it when it's cold? I'm not as like enthusiastic about it, and I think maybe my issue with the porters has been having them while cold yeah you might you might need to be one of those guys that just has room temp porters room temp stouts Mm -hmm. stouts have been better but the porters have always been like not my cup of tea because it's not tea yeah it's it's actually it's actually beer yeah unless it was poured out at the port the tea boston tea party but we're in Philly, the center of the world. That's fucking right. I think it even says Center City on here somewhere too. Really. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe that's something you should. Uh, maybe that's something you should explore more. I is. think I'm definitely gonna experiment. I, I cannot wait till we get to the warmer, uh, warmer, the the heavier beers. I think we're trying to just get these ales out of the way uh, because that's what we've primarily consume that's what's known a little better we have more things to compare it to and then once that style's kind of like taken like 
done properly, we can move on to... I'm not even sure if it's trickier beers. It's just not as wildly, like, as widely explored. Yeah. Uh, I know that stouts and porters are notorious for blowing up during fermentation. Oh, that'll be fun. So we... So definitely got to upgrade my... Definitely fermenter. at least need to... I'm thinking of investing in some shower curtains <laughs> to to surround my beer with Yeah. at that point. Uh, but I think that's going to be the trickiness about it. Yeah. I think the most difficult thing that... Something that I've heard a lot is the most difficult thing is a lager because I've you can't hide... You can't hide your deficiencies as a brewer behind anything right the a lager is going to be like the clearest if you can make a great lager you can make a great anything um so that might be the last thing we try after we kind of get our feet under us with brewing is to try to make a lager and i think i think if we can nail a lager our own recipe after we do all this we we can nail that i think I think we're golden. We can nail anybody. Anything. Um, yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I think this was a great episode. I hope everybody that's listening agrees. If you do, make sure that you rate our show on Apple Podcasts and follow yeah. us wherever you listen to podcasts at. Yes. And um, if you don't, don't tell us. Go screw off. No, I'm just kidding. Please tell us <laughs> Yeah. Uh, what you think. Yeah. We, we'll always take that feedback and move on with it. Uh, but you know what? Until next time. Peace.